I feel like Spurs are like the Ashley Cole team photo where they sort of stood at the side of the big five, clutching their, their 2008 League Cup and just hoping nobody notices. Yes, we are one of the big boys. What have you won, sir? Nothing. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that, no? No. Uh... Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And I'm joined once again in the virtual... I should sound more enthusiastic about that. I should sound more enthusiastic about that. I'm joined in the virtual studio by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine, who is doing an interesting boxing dance around his room. How are you doing? I'm excited for this one. I am here (laughs) with back. Premier League's good. Champions League's amazing. Oh, what a great time to be a football fan. What was um? How did Wolves do in the Europa League this week? <laughs> Don't play me like that. I've been queuing that one up for a while. <laughs> that was painful. Uh, Ruben Vanagra won in the Champions League there. So yay, <laughs> go Ruben. Um, Ruben. Moving swiftly on, uh, we're here to preview some of the weekend's biggest games on TV. Um, what else have we got? We've got some fantasy Premier League therapy and tips. Um, I've actually had a good week, so I think I'm, I'm a little bit more qualified to give tips, tips this week. Um, and then we're going to have a little bit of a chat about generally the state of the Premier League at the moment. Um, there's been a lot of talks, there's been a lot of bluster and, and pomp and whatever you want to call it, um, but there's been a lot, of, a lot of chatter about what is going to happen with the future of the Premier League, um, so we'll be coming to that at the end. Um, first up, let's go to this weekend's games, um, West Ham versus Manchester City. Um, we'll start with West Ham, <laughs> um, they're having a bit of a season. Um, yeah, it's not going too badly, is it? Um... They showed some real grit. 3-0 down against Spurs and fought back to 3-3. And that's after beating Wolves 4-0. Yep, thanks for for that. And uh, beating Leicester 3-0. So, 10 goals in three games. Seven points. Uh, Yeah, amazing. It's not bad for a club who was sort of crisis club, wasn't it? There was a lot of angst over the summer. Uh, about the direction of the club and, and I know there's a I mean that's still not over that's still not um, it's very much papering over some of the cracks there potentially um, but yeah they've got a lot of sort of individual excellence in that squad um, I think we've talked about them a little bit before but obviously it was Lanzini's turn this time with an absolute ping um, <laughs> that was a heck of a strike wasn't it really um, Oof. I, I just I kept I kept rewinding it I kept rewinding it. <laughs> it's been a while since I've sort of sat and rewound a goal and watched it over again, but that's just so well hit. It's just one of those that is so dreamy to watch. I think if he had more time on the ball, he wouldn't have hit it like that. But because mm. it was coming at him so quickly and the defender was coming in, he just had to whip one off and blooming neck. He, he like he almost cut across it. Like he, he cut across it. He almost like sliced it in. Almost like it was one of the greatest ever sliced finishes of all time. Like he just seemed like <laughs> just cut across it. It was it was it was so sweet. Absolutely love that. And uh, obviously in the ninety fourth minute or whatever. I don't want to sound like a commentator here because I feel like the commentators are all doing this at the moment. But um, it would have been great with the fans in there. Um, Ooh, <laughs> just to see, yes, it would. Mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. the the sort of the fume from one end and the absolute 
pandemonium from the rest. Um, yeah, but, but West Ham, they've got a lot of individuals sort of thriving. They've got Antonio up front who, I mean, where's he been for most of his career? Um, I feel like what we're seeing now from him straight through the middle, um, it's almost a shame that it's, it's coming, you know, when he's 29, 30. Like, like where was this earlier in his career? Um, but fair play, he's doing it now. Uh, Fornals coming into it, his touch the other week. I can't remember who it was against. For what a touch. I think it was against Leicester, wasn't it? Incredible touch. Um, and, and Jared Bourne coming into it. So they, they have a lot of players there who are match winners and who are goal scorers, which, which is a very nice thing to have. Definitely. Um, those three, like you shouted out, are all uh, really stepping up. Uh, Antonio, like you said, just looks made to be a Premier League forward. The, the pace and power, mm. <laughs> that is what you need as a Premier League forward now. Um, I'd like to give shout outs as well, though, to the two Slavia Prague boys, Suchek and Kufal. Um, I think they've both been great additions. I know Kufal's only just stepped into the team, but he looked really good against Spurs, to be fair. Um, and yeah, like off the bench, they've, they've got the match winners. Like you said, Yarmolenko coming on, doing a job. Uh, Lanzini coming on, making an impact. When you see players like Mark Noble potentially not being able to get into the, the bench, let alone the, the starting eleven. Um, that's a that's a really good sign. Um, seeing as he hasn't really dropped off, I think the rest of the team are stepping up in a really positive way. Mm. And then they've obviously still got Ben Rama to come. Um, feel like the, you know if they need oh. any more flair, are you looking forward to that? <laughs> Love ben Rama, he absolutely made balls of Championship defenders last season. Some of the touches that he does, little nutmegs and then whipping it into the corner. That boy is special. Um, I'm very sad Wolves didn't take a more serious look, but uh, the money was significant by the sounds uh, at the end. And um, and I don't want to be, you know, that boring guy here, but um, I, I, think, I still think for all of these sort of flashy talents, I want to call them flashy talents, um, you know, outstanding individual technical flairy players, Still think having Rice, and I know you mentioned Suchek there, in the middle, to just kind of hold things together. I, know, I mean, they were completely overrun at the start of the Spurs game, and um, there's obviously still problems there. I'm not going to say that they were, <laughs> they were excellent in that game, because they weren't for large parts of it, um, or at least the start of it. But I think building a team around those in the middle is, is a good place to start. Um, obviously, if Mark Noble's in there as well, um, or, or you know can can sort of step in for one of them if needs be, but I think they they're both very different players to Mark Noble, and they're both um, they're a good core to build around. And I think West Ham have maybe lacked that sort of core. I think they think they've had that sort of a lot of flashy talents for a while now, um, but the reason that they're actually coming good now is because they have a, a platform to sort of build on. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely, and. Um, Suchet's kind of box to box as well, like mm. he's such a threat um, going forward. Um, I think that probably is quite a good partnership for them to try for a while. Yeah, mm, absolutely. And we've uh, we're moving on to to Man City now, who are the, who are their opponents this weekend. Um, we chatted a bit about City, so we won't dwell too long on them. But um, they're such a mixed bag at the moment. I can't I can't get a real sort of read on what we can expect from them. Um, I mean. They're not as explosive as in previous seasons, as in that they haven't really sort of, you know, bashed teams from pillar to post. Um, but they have won three of the last four, and they've missed Aguero, and now he's back. 
Um, I mean, the day will come when Aguero doesn't bounce back from an injury problem. Um, it, that could be any injury. You know, you might not bounce back from this one, but you would still... It's hard to write him off, really, isn't it? I mean, Aguero's just probably after Thierry Henry, the next best player in Premier League history. Oh, definitely. You look at players like Messi and Ronaldo, and it seems like every other game, they break another record. Um, and Aguero's kind of like that for the Premier League. Like, uh, against Porto, he scored his 40th Champions League goal. That is a lot of Champions mm. League goals. Um, and he is just that player that just, you know, like we've said, he's got his injury problems. But every time he comes back, he scores for fun. Um, and I think City have really missed that of late. Um, other players have had to step up and take different responsibilities on their shoulders. Now, you know, Sterling and Mares can get back out wide, causing havoc. And uh, Aguero can be there to tap some in, score a few penalties, uh, win some games, basically, mm. because that's what he is. He's a match winner. And uh, kind of enough of them in your team. Absolutely. And um, obviously, KDB, you've mentioned there a few players who may need to step up, especially now that KDB um, looks like he's out for a little while or a few games at least. Um, you think Bernardo needs to step up that little bit? Um, I know he's, he's put in some good performances, but but we need him more. Um, and Phil Foden, obviously, as well. Um, just trying Definitely. To and I'd like to, um, I'd like to say Ferran Torres as well, because uh, that boy looks motivated. Every time he steps on the pitch for City, Ferran Torres looks like he wants to beat players. Uh, came on against Porto um, and just looks so direct, so energetic, got his goal, really well-taken goal. Um, and I think Pep's kind of brought him in and said, OK, this year you're not going to be my starter. You're going to be an impact player and I want you to make an impact because next year, um, if you've made enough of an impact, you might start for this this mm. team. Um, and I think he's there and he's chomping at the bit to, to prove himself. And you, oh, that's the player you want on your side. Mm. I'm yet to properly watch Torres, actually. I'm quite interested. I haven't, I haven't really watched Man City a lot this season. Um, but yeah. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Um, apologies if you heard my sneeze there. That was, uh, uh, you know, Hans space face, but um, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, pre- prediction for this one: West Ham versus Manchester City. Oh, in the in the past, you'd have given it six 0 City, wouldn't you? But I think this is going to be a lot closer. I think um, West Ham have got something here, but can't look past City with Aguero two one. Mm. I think I'm going to agree with you with that one. Two one, nice and boring. Um, and that is a, that is on Saturday lunchtime kickoff. It's a twelve thirty kickoff on BT Sport One. Um, moving on, we have probably the showpiece game of the weekend. Uh, I know, I mean, every game is a showpiece game at the moment because nobody knows how to defend and everybody knows how to attack. But uh, we have Manchester United versus Chelsea. It's a five thirty kickoff, also on Saturday. It's on Sky Sports Premier League main event and Now TV. Um, we'll start with Manchester United. Um, it, once again, I keep coming back to this. I feel like United, it's, this is maybe social media talking, but, but I feel like it's, it's, never, it's never more than a game away from a crisis. And yet they've actually performed very well recently. I know that the Spurs game was an absolute horror show. Um, I think all we really learned from the Spurs game was that once they go down, it's quite hard to get their heads back up. Um, but but even then, like they, they came back the other night to beat PSG. Um, they've won five of the last six. They've scored three plus goals in four of those five wins. 
Um, it's a little bit scruffy, but they're, they're just getting the job done every week. I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as as people would make out at Manchester United. And I, and I've said that I've maintained that for about two years now. I don't think it's as bad as people would actually make out. No, it's, it's always with Man United, isn't it? It's always glory or abject failure uh, yeah. in the minds, I think, because they had so many years of being such a wonderful side. Now that they're just a, a very good side, uh, that seems like quite a fall. I think you're right, though. Um, They've they definitely got um, the players to win any game, and I think the players are getting them through. Solskjaer's obviously got getting the tactics right. They are beating good teams. Newcastle aren't a bad team this year and they will cause a lot of shocks. So to beat them 4-1 in the end was very good. Mm. They looked very, very good against PSG. Uh, PSG didn't have a great night, but United looked much the better side and deserved Rashford's late winner. Um, and yeah, I think I think signs are good there, really. Um, I think uh, we should give Solskjaer the credit he deserves. Um, he didn't get any of his top targets in the summer not like they've gone out and bought a Sancho and he's running the game for them. They have still got the same players basically that they had last year uh, with a few few little additions. Um, and um, I think they're going to do the business again this year. I actually, I, I mean, this is probably controversial, but I actually don't think they needed to sign a Sancho this year. I don't know. I, I know obviously they wanted a winger and nobody's going to turn down a Jane Sancho if they're, if they're falling into your lap. But um just think in in Marsh. I know people have written off Marshall already, but obviously had such a good end of, to to nineteen twenty. There's clearly a player in there, and Fernandez. Obviously, Fernandez uh, he scored in four games in a row now, obviously including penalties, but they all count. Um, three assists in the last five. It's the same Fernandez. Um, you've got Rashford, who's like slowly coming into it, scoring goals. I I, I don't know. I I just think they have they have a the core of a team there that they can build on for years to come. And they, of course, you know, once every two years, they might need to, you know, really open the wallet and, and, and spend big on an attacking player. But I think there's enough there. And they're all so young um, that they don't necessarily, they didn't necessarily need, absolutely need a winger to succeed this, this season. Um, but yeah, who knows? And, and obviously a crucial run of games coming up. Um, they have Chelsea, they've got Arsenal, they've got Everton, um, all with a couple of Champions League games either side. So you feel like this is going to be quite a, a pivotal time for them. But but again, like the PSG game, they're turning up and winning the big games. And and that is almost what you need from, from Man United. The, they've got this weird underdog mentality, I think, sometimes. Uh, and that's not particularly a compliment <laughs> because it's Manchester United and, and they should be the... It should be the the dog, <laughs> not the underdog. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I still think they're going to win more games against the big teams than than the likes of Arsenal this year. Obviously, they've got a terrible away record, which we'll come to. But I just think United have got it in the big games. That they, they, they do know how to turn up, and those players do know how to perform. Definitely, I think I think there's definitely a mentality there of people are writing us off. People are against us. Um, and I think that definitely works to a team's favour. Mourinho loves a mentality like that. So if um, Schalzkaya has taken that on too, um, good things could occur. Yeah, Absolutely. And obviously the first of those tricky games, um, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, they're kind of going along exactly how everybody would expect. <laughs> they're scoring a lot, <laughs> conceding a lot and sort of middling around in the table. 
Timo Werner on the score sheet twice, Havertz on the score sheet as well. I feel like that's going to be a somewhat familiar score sheet for Chelsea. Um, are you liking the look of them so far? Have you watched much of Chelsea in, in recent weeks now that they've got players coming back from injury and, and looking more like how we'd expect them? Yeah, from what I've seen, um, good signs. I want to lean away from the attacking players, though. Mm. Um, they got a nil-nil against Sevilla in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. That is a very impressive result. To keep Sevilla a clean sheet. Uh, Sevilla knocked Wolves and Man United out of the Europa League last year. They are the European dynamos. Um, and Chelsea to keep them to a clean sheet. Mendy was back in goal, um, and he looks... I think he looks really good. Um, some people have been a bit uh, device, divisive on him. Um, I think he looks class. There was one moment in the game where the ball deflected off a defender. He was completely wrong-footed going across goal. And his long, long arm hooked the ball from behind him and kind of like pushed it far away, away out of danger. And it was a really impressive move. Um, and I really like him. And I think that will do Chelsea the world of mm. good. Their centre-backs, who have not been the most reliable, to have a goalkeeper behind them that they are trusting in rather than one that they are wary about um, could turn Chelsea to the next level. Mm. Sincere thanks for your actions there. I, um, I, I know nobody else will ever see that, but I, I just watched Jake perform the Edouard Mendy save there and, and I was basically in the stadium. Uh, so thanks. <laughs> oh, it was me. It was me at five aside on Tuesday night. It's exactly what I did. It was, scores were 9-9. Ball came in, hooked it away, pushed it away. Um, Some, but yeah, it's more uh, vigorous. me and Mendy, just the same. <laughs> vigorous arm waving um yeah i think i and also when that all goes wrong you know when mendy becomes public enemy number one they've got petter check in the premier league squad <laughs> what the heck 2020 is phew, 2020 man petter check is in the Chelsea in case squad. of emergency break check so if they got a <laughs> break check <laughs> in case of emergency just punch petter check um <laughs> so they've got they've got Kepa, Mendy, Caballero, and Czech in their squad. I, I think so. That's a lot of lot of keepers. Jobs for the boys. Um, this is it. Like Wolves' Premier League squad, you can have twenty five members in it. We've only got eighteen, so I think people yeah. have just got more space because they've got so much young talent in there, and they were yeah, like, "Well, he's he can still do a job if if all if all." Uh, Dinner hits the ceiling. We can uh, we can bring Petter back. It's taking up the new fourth goalkeeper fourth goalkeeper rule, which is uh, going to be the mm. next the next big thing in football innovation. Um, just one quick note before we move on, but on Thiago Silva. Um, so I was reading some quotes from Lampard, and I am perplexed, mildly perplexed. Mm. Um, mm. This is Lampard after the game. He said, "I will always work closely with him, and I remember being in the same position myself towards the end of my career in the last year in the Premier League." I'll be very aware of maintenance training and his selection as we want him to play as many games as we can to be at his optimum level. He sort of said that in a positive, light, in a positive way. It was like, yeah, we'll get the most out of Thiago Silva and things like that. But as we saw at the weekend against Southampton, they conceded three. They were back to this, this defence of Christensen and Zuma. And I just think, is Thiago Silva as good as he is? He obviously is getting on a little bit. And if you bought in this sort of saviour of your defence, if Thiago Silva is kind of what you're pinning your hopes on, 
from a, you know, the back line. And then kind of admitting that he's going to have to walk this tightrope all season and may not be fit for every game and stuff. Doesn't, it doesn't strike me with a lot of confidence. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a small thing. And maybe he will play 30-plus games a season. That would be great. But just think Chelsea had to do more. I know they spent a lot of money going forward, but I think they had to do more. I think you want more than a centre-back who might, may or may not be able to play most of your games this season. Yeah, it, on paper it looks short-term, doesn't it? It's a, mm. it's a very short deal. They've got him on. Um, doesn't really solve any of the problems. It just delays them. But I guess they also are hoping that his experience on the training ground in the year of Zuma, in the year of Christensen, does that job and turns them into players who make fewer mistakes. Um, so... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where the, the direction will be. Yeah, no, I mean, still think it's a great sign and obviously on a free transfer as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it feels a little bit like they're kicking the can down the road and, and sort of, you know, is that really fixing the problem or is that just some sort of tokenish gesture towards the problem for this year? But who knows? Uh, prediction for this one, Manchester United versus Chelsea. Yeah, United, the league double over Chelsea last term, 4-0 and 2-0. So I am going 3-2 Chelsea. Interesting. I'm going with Manchester United here. I'm going with a, mm. I'm going with a possibly a 3-2. Let's go 3-2. Let's just have goals, goals, goals. Ooh, um, the opposite. That's bragging rights for next week, that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, let's, come, let's revisit this. Let's revisit this. Um, <laughs> nil nil <laughs> um, moving swiftly on to Arsenal versus Leicester this is our last little match preview for this pod um, this is also on Saturday it's a 7.15 kickoff uh, it's on Sky Sports box office boo but uh, it's on Sky Sports box office uh, 7.15 kickoff Arsenal uh, again we chatted about them last week so we'll not dwell too much but I'm sort of still yet to be fully convinced by Arsenal. Um, I think you can innovate however you like, and Arteta's clearly full of full of ideas. You can make it look pretty, keep the scorelines fairly handsome, like they did against Man City. But they still come away with zero points, and I, I think that is obviously. I think number one, it's about points. It's it's about. So I, this is where a lot of people disagree with me, but I think it's about substance over style. And I think Arteta at the moment is maybe a little bit more style of a substance. Um, that's not writing him off. I really like him. I, I really like um, the direction Arsenal are going in. Just don't think they're quite the finished product many people would suggest they are. Yeah, they're definitely going through something at the minute. But I think we should remember they've only lost to City and Liverpool this year. Um, so it's it's not like they've they've been hammered by Brighton, which is a thing that has happened several times in the past. Um, so I think I think we should we should take the positives. Um, the uh, the big negative that worries me for for Arsenal, one that's been kind of talked about on the internet quite a lot of late, is um, Aubameyang's goal drought. Mm. Um, so after five games, Aubameyang is averaging one point two shots per ninety minutes, and in those 90 minutes, his XG is 0.07. Oof. Oof, so that is that. A, such wow. a fall from last year. What is about Arsenal players who sign new contracts and then just sort of stop? <laughs> it's it's interesting, it? isn't it? Um, yeah, that's bizarre. But I mean, it's 
Aubameyang, he obviously, he, I mean, this is the, the confusing thing is that he was playing on that left side the end of last year and still scoring the goals, still banging them in. And now you just wonder, nothing's really changed that dramatically um, between last season and, and this. And like you're saying there, it's not the chances aren't falling to him. It's, it's something that Arteta has to look at. And, and again, if you get Aubameyang scoring, then you turn this, these stylish performances or, or innovative performances into goals, into, into wins, sorry. Um, yeah, the stat I was looking at, uh, which I forgot to mention there, was the one that I've seen, again, bandied around the internet. But Arsenal have won none of their last 29 away games against the top six. <laughs> now, that's a wow. stat. One, the, their last victory away to one of the top six in the Premier League was Manchester City in 2015. Um, Ooh, can't, surely that's got to change without fans to. now. It's surely got to. And, and I think players like Aubameyang, like, like you're saying there, I think the two need to, to merge here. I think Aubameyang feels like the, the, the solution a little bit because he can play very direct and you can just hit that ball over the top, almost Vardy-esque, like a little Leicester ball over the top. And Aubameyang will, will chase it, will cut in from the, from the left. And I don't know, maybe, maybe some more simple goals are, need, are needed here. I know that sounds quite rudimentary. I'm not going to tell Arteta how to do his job because he's a genius still. But um, I don't know. I think they maybe just need to be a little bit more direct in games, particularly against the big teams. Um, and, and speaking of Leicester, speaking of Vardy, speaking of directness, uh, they're up against Leicester this week. who scored two against Arsenal in the Cup. Uh, they scored five against City, but they've gone goalless against West Ham and Villa and conceded four between those two games. Um, Another team, very difficult to read. Yeah, I feel like I should take some of the blame on this one, to be honest, <laughs> mate. Because uh, ever since I brought Castagna into my FPL team, Leicester have gone to pot. Um, yeah, losing to, to West Ham and Villa, conceding four, scoring none. Um, I can only apologise because I must have done something to Timothy, uh, jinxed him, um, because they, they, uh, those results are not good. Um, I think it, it does come down to, to being without Vardy, because um, obviously he's been injured. Um, Son Yuchu's also out. Mm. Um, so two two big players for them. They obviously have the attacking talent, but without Vardy on the pitch, they do look a different prospect. Ian Acho, as decent as he is, is not Jeremy Vardy. And that's not a slight on the guy. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to be. So I think they really struggled without without Vardy and without Son Yuchu. That might be a dangerous prospect too. Um Navigate. Yeah, I think um, mm. I'm not totally convinced by if you're looking at sort of Perez in actual Barnes. Um, I think Perez is one of those players, isn't he, who, who will score five in two games and then you'll not see him for a while. I just, I, I, I genuinely haven't seen him <laughs> this season. I've watched Leicester a couple of times, just barely seen him actually, um, you know, have a significant impact on a game. Um, in actual, similar, like, like you say, not a slight on him, but he's not Jamie Vardy. And uh, Barnes, I mean, Barnes is a tremendous player, but um, I don't think he's maybe got the same all-round contribution as, as somebody like Grealish has, where Grealish is sort of in, stuck into every move. I think Barnes maybe doesn't quite have that impact on the team, which, again, is no, that's no shame on him because I think he's a, he's a class player. Um, I just think he, you know, they need more than him to, to carry that attack. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see see while they have these injuries um, 
whether they can whether they can overcome. Uh, starting with Arsenal, Arsenal versus Leicester prediction. Yeah, so both teams are uh, Europa League action uh, this midweek. Arsenal are away in Vienna and um, Leicester are playing the third place in last year's Ukrainian league. Um, <laughs> so that could that could play an impact on some on some weary legs. So I'm going two two. Interesting. Oh, we're going for another bit of a goal haul this week, aren't we? Um, I'm going to bring us mm. slightly back down to earth with a, a narrow 1-0 Arsenal win. I think they're going to grind it out. And uh, yeah, let's see Aubameyang. Let's, let's back Aubameyang to, to get back on that score sheet based on absolutely nothing. <laughs> Moving on to Fantasy Premier League. Uh, I've had a pretty decent week. Um, and that's the first time I can say that this now season. Now he brings it up. Now he's I know. all. I've got, I've got a little smile on my face now, haven't I? Woohoo! Um, Not a little smile, Michael. That is a beaming grin. It's sir. a grin. I have seventy-two points. Um, and let let me just let me just take you through my team here, Jake Wilson. Um, so I've got goals or assists from Jimenez, Ings, Calvert Lewin, Salah, captain, Rodriguez, Foden, Son. All of them, goals or assists. Connor Cody and uh, Nelson Semedo, both clean sheets. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, McCarthy of Southampton, not really doing much for me at the back. Um, but I pretty much, that entire front seven has a goal or assist this week, and I'm very happy with that. I'm very pleased. That's a very, very decent lineup. So congratulations. I'm going to give you a tiny round of applause, but only a tiny one. Thanks. And yet, and yet... I think I fell down my fantasy league this week because everybody else has <laughs> Harry Kane. <laughs> That's the one. That's oh, the call. Have you got him? Uh, this week, um, I'm sorry, Raul, mate. I love you. Whoa. But um, Raul is gone. Kane is in. Their next couple of fixtures, it's a big, brave choice not to have Harold. Mm. Harold. <laughs> Harold Kane. Harold um, Edward Kane, yes. Yeah, I, I, he feels like the can-you-go-without-him player. Um, I've mm. changed my tack slightly this year because I usually try and get like a top-tier top striker and a top-tier midfielder. This year, I've kind of spread it out a bit. So like Jimenez, Ings, DCL, um, Salah, Rodriguez, Son. So they're all very good, solid. They're going to pick up goals on the regular. Um, it's just whether they're going to be as explosive as Kane. And at the moment, Kane is explosive in terms of assists, in terms of goals. I, I'm risking it one more week. It's Burnley they've got next, isn't it, as well? Ooh. but um, Yeah, away as well. and People love playing away at the minute. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to risk it one more week purely because I don't know how to possibly take him out and all my players are in form. But I think I think my move for next week could be Alexander Arnold out. I think he's still a great player. I just don't think he's two and a half. Mi- like you get an Aston Villa defender for two and a half million less, and they're looking rock solid at the back, or or, or more solid. Um, and then basically take out probably Danny Ings and put Kane in for Ings. Maybe I, I just love him and his. I mean, you've betrayed that man. <laughs> I have, I have, and I think, I think the funny thing is with Jimenez, he's a player that will score every game. It seems like, like Wolves score, flip a coin is probably Jimenez, mm. but he isn't one of those players that gets like a glut of goals in a game. Yeah, he isn't the one where like Danny Ings 
you could easily see Ings getting two or three in a game where Jimenez will more likely get one. Wolves will win 2 0. Neto will score another one out of, out of nothing um, and will win that way. So I think like I've gone Kane and Calvert Lewin up top because even though they might not score every game, when they do score, it seems to be in greater numbers. And I think yeah. that works well, um, even though I'm leaving my captain alone this season. Um, leaving it on Salah, you can just have it unless you're playing one of the big boys. Um, yeah. I think that's, uh, a that's that's quite good. I've seen a few people uh, sort of experiment with that, just sort of giving the captaincy to one player, and then if he gets, what, 250 points, 230 points, then you've instantly... I mean that's a quarter of your season's points nearly from from one player. Um, yeah, let us know. Let us know how that goes. I'm I'm interested. Um, Fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. Have you got any any tips for us this week? Yeah, my big shout out um, is a um, a defender to put on your bench. Um, Four point one million. Mm. Um, he's got form of seven, twelve points and nine points in his last two games. Uh, his next two games as a centre-back are Crystal Palace and Newcastle. His name is Max Kilman. He plays for Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, ex-Futsal legend. And, oh, was he great the other night. Yeah, I watched that the other night. He was very good, wasn't he? But what is the... I didn't understand the futsal stuff. Can you... Brief, brief explanation of the futsal. <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, he was playing for Maidstone United, but also playing really high-level futsal. Wow. Um, that was his that was his football experience. We took him from Maidstone, um, and now he's starting back to back Premier League games, keeping clean sheets, getting assists, and just looking completely suited to Premier League football. Mm. Um, the worry is with him that with um, Marshall coming back in or Ryan Knight Nori um, maybe becoming available on the left, that he might drop back onto the bench. But a four point one. Um, you're not really losing anything with him anyway. He's not the sort of player that's going to be coming off the bench very often for Wolves. So even if you put him into the side and he doesn't play, he'll just drop back to your bench anyway. Mm. So you won't lose anything on that front. Um, that's a very good show. So if you want a Wolves defender, but you can't afford a, a Samedo, um, Maxi boy might be the way. Mm, absolutely. I like that. I like that. And you would think as well, like, I mean, my, my limited knowledge of futsal, but imagine that means he's probably got decent ball control skills and, and sort of can play out from the back. And especially on the you know uh, back three there, um, if Cody sits, he can sort of roam a little bit. He can, he can move with it. He can move forward. The, the defence can shift behind him. And that's quite a nice, uh, I don't know, string to your bore, isn't it? Um, unique. Definitely. Um, Cody was saying this after the, after the Leeds game. Fantastic. He was, he was that, raving about oh, it. That interview was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Cody is one of the best interviews in football. Um, I, I interviewed him once and he was a delight. Um, but uh, yeah, back to, back to Max. He was saying um, in training, um, he's one of the only players who likes going up against Troy Because Troy mm. is obviously so big and so powerful and so good with the ball, close control. Kilman with all his futsal experience all he used to do was like try and take the ball off really skillful players I imagine so it's yeah. the same game he you know, likes the battle likes the, the footwork um, and uh, yeah I'd bank him to, um, to play a few more games for Wolves this season fascinating excellent yeah and like I say bench easy to put on the bench easy to slide in if he keeps playing 
um, you know, it's fine having him as second or third on that little bench of yours. Um, I'm going with, yeah, I think Villa, well, I've doubled up on Wolves defenders um, already. And uh, and Villa look like the other team. I've put Emmy Martinez in this week. That's my transfer for the week. I've put Martinez in for McCarthy, which um, isn't particularly the most, it's not the most enthralling move. Uh, but he's still sub sub five million. And uh, and yeah, they've got a lot of decent fixtures coming up. Actually, Villa, they've got maybe one or two tougher games in the next ten weeks, I think. So um, he's quite a good just sort of set him, forget him, and and get on with it. Um, and also teammate Ross Barkley at Villa. I know we've we've chatted about him before. I sort of I had a little bit of a a little bit of a bold prediction, bold claim about Barkley being one of the signings of the season, and obviously he turns up with a 90th minute screamer to win it. So um, contender, contender there for your midfield. Um, again, could even put him on the bench, even first on the bench. Uh, he's he's sub six million. He's five point nine at the moment. Uh, another goal could probably could probably boost him up, but he's got to play every game, isn't he? Um, and 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 hopefully score a few more goals for Villa. Um, now, that concludes our fancy Premier League chat. Um, let's chat to. Let's go. To, what was my segue? It was going to be very neat there. Let's go from fantasy Premier League to Premier League fantasies. Um, <laughs> see what you did there, pal. So smart, the Premier League. Smart. I know this guy. This guy. The Premier League is in slight disarray at the moment. Um, we have mutinies. We have. I don't know, behind the scenes, planning, plotting. It's, it's all a bit conniving at the moment. Um, we've heard once again these plans for a breakaway. The Euro Super League is probably the most talked about league to never happen. Um, I gather this, this latest plan would sort of run alongside the Premier League, maybe as a, as a Champions League replacement or, or something like that. Um, but it would be a bit more of a closed shop um, or, or far more closed than it already is. Um, I guess, yeah, and I mean, I guess that could almost be a precursor for those bigger teams leaving leaving the league altogether. Uh, I guess, what do you make of all of these little, sort of, seems quite opportunist, these little power grabs almost from, from the big six? What do you make of it all? Teams like Wolves and Leicester, um, right now, they have something to play for every season. Mm. They are scrapping and clawing for fifth, sixth and seventh, Really, no, Leicester needed better last year, but that gets them to the top table. That gets them into Europe. That gets them seen by the world um, on top of the Premier League, um, and that's really important. And I don't think um, it would be good for those teams um, or the Premier League as a whole if that opportunity isn't there. So we need mm. to um, keep an eye on this one because um, it's a lot of it affects everyone. It's, I think it's interesting. Um, I always sort of cringe. I always sort of cringe when it's called the big six. I don't think I can actually write big six without sort of putting apostrophes around it because I just think it's such an arbitrary, like, there you are. There's the six biggest teams. Like, if you, if you actually sort of sit and think about it, I mean, very for, for starters, Arsenal finished seventh last season, <laughs> so, which is, is your point there exactly, isn't it? Leicester making that run in there. Wolves hoping for a run this year. Everton hoping to try and crack in there this year. Um, like City and Chelsea, they've won as many top division titles as Sunderland. Um, United, so there's even... the call. There's there it is. the call. You've got a lot of Wolves crack. Okay, so I'm just going to shout my boys out. But who, uh, United... who was Sunderland playing in the Premier League this week, mate? Oh, 
Come on. We beat Crew Alexander 1-0 on Tuesday night, and I'm very happy with it. So <laughs> That's a result, that. That's a result. Yes. Crew are not bad. Yeah. Can I just shout out as well? We're the only team in, in, out of the 92 to not concede from, from open play yet in the season. Wow. Yeah. Nice six, one. Six games in, the we Deion Sanderson effect, no? Conceded one penalty, and Deion Sanderson has not played yet. Back on target. Um, so City and Chelsea have won as many top division titles as Sunderland. United have only won one more than that, if you take the Fergie sort of era out of that, what you could call that as an extended period of form. Um, I've got a rattle for United fans there. Uh, obviously, Liverpool hadn't won the title in 30 years. Um, I find the Spurs really funny as well, because obviously Leicester have won the, the league more recently than Spurs. And I, and I actually I really like Spurs. I'm, I'm saying this all from a, from a place of love. Um, I love Kane, I love Mourinho, all that, but you kind of feel like they're, they're a bit like that. Do you remember the Ashley Cole photo? I feel like Spurs are like the Ashley Cole team photo where they sort of stood at the side of the big six, like the big five, clutching their, their 2008 League Cup and just hoping nobody notices. <laughs> like, yes, we are one of the big boys. Ah, what have you won, sir? Nothing. <laughs> it's just, I find them quite funny in that sense. But um, yeah, I think... I just don't think football fans want this. I think I think football fans want to talk about football and and not the politics, not the behind the scenes dealings. Um, people want to go to games with their mates and enjoy them. And whether it's you know whether it's West Brom, Burnley, whether it's Man United, Liverpool in a European Super League, fans want to go to games. They want to enjoy them with their mates. They want to drink. You know, once this is all, once this, you know, the pandemic sort of comes to an end and, and fans are allowed back, I think we just want to enjoy football quite simply. And I think football has kind of wrapped itself up in this complicated mess um, where a lot of people are trying to, I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with trying to make, they are businesses and, and they are trying to make money out of their businesses. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I just think when it comes to things like reshuffling the Champions League, it's already tr- like tremendous. Like the Champions League, the the cream usually rises anyway to the to the to the top, and it's just an awesome competition. Like again, I, I as a fan of a, a lower league club now, and and not traditionally one of the the big boys in the Premier League, um, I still love tuning in and watching. You know, I think it was Bayern Athletic goal last night and Liverpool Ajax. Like you want those games. Some of the moments in recent years have just been outstanding, and I think is that not is that not enough? Like, is that not enough for for some owners? Um, they're still. I think I think the Champions League yeah. is unrivaled, like you've said. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because you get the big the big ties. You know, we're going to get um, Messi, Ronaldo next week, um, Barca, Juve. Um, but then you also get Real losing to Shakhtar. And I exactly. think that's a lovely yeah. part of it as well. Um, like I say, interesting to see how it's going to, to pan out. You get the vibe that nothing's going to change soon. Um, I mean, I know potentially in, in a few years' time that might be different, but you feel like substantial changes to the Premier League uh, won't, be, won't be happening anytime soon. But again, we, we wait and see. And in the meantime, we continue to support our teams. Uh, we continue to go to games as and when we're allowed and uh, just keep getting bums on seats because that's ultimately what football is about. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Wilson. It's been a bit of a longer one, that, I think, but, but a good one, an enjoyable one. Um, and what is on Match of the Day, what is in Match of the Day magazine this week? 
Yeah, like I said last week, very exciting this issue. It is the second part of our league ladders in there. So for all the nostalgia or for letting the little ones keep up with the Prem, our league ladders are the best way to do that. We've also in the mag got a massive Champions League guide. We've been raving about it. Uh, just like the pod, uh, Champions League's amazing and there's so much in the mag on that. And uh, you can win a Nintendo Switch. So that's quite cool too. Yes, please. <laughs> if you want to send one this way. Not you. You can't, Michael. <laughs> you can't win one. When you get lots of uh, M-Pot entries. No, um, I love the league ladders, by the way. Is that, is that sort of you're moving the teams up and down depending on where they are? For... I like that. Yeah. You know it. I've seen, seen mm. a few people do that over the years. Enjoy it. Good times. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Wilson. And yes, you can come to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of the sporting previews uh, for everything coming up on TV. We've got all the Premier League games all the Champions League games, all the Europa League games. Um, we've got the Six Nations coming back this week, which is bizarre. It's November and it's, it's October. <laughs> but we have, we have Six Nations coming back. Uh, we've got a bit of Vuelta a España and the end of the Giro d'Italia for all you cycling fans out there. A bit of everything. Um, come and join us. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care.